What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. It's your boy Scott here in the house with another banger, okay? So, yeah, this is a fantastic interview. Just got done recording with Richard here. Uh, Richard Gage, formerly with Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, and indisputably probably the world's foremost expert uh, activist in terms of the truth about 9-11, right? I... Uh, I've been going back through his archives of his podcast, which is just fantastic. You know, ever since uh, Richard left AE 911 Truth, I feel like he's really come into his own. Uh, we talk about it quite a bit in the episode, but I just really want to highlight and encourage everybody, please take a moment, get pull out your podcast player right now, type in Richard Gage 911, it's all one word, Unleashed. That's the name of his show, and it's fantastic. It's super great. Um... So anyway, you guys, yeah, uh, can't can't say enough positive things about the work that Richard's doing right now, and uh, the world is ready. The world is ready for some 9-11 truth, I feel, you know. Um, it's time to hold these bastards' feet to the fire, and uh, you, can, you can play your part. Go support him and his work. Uh, I would say at least, you know, go download the doc. Like, if you go to his website, richardgage911.org, there's all just an assortment of all kinds of resources, videos, um, he's got the, the conference coming up on Saturday, which we talk about quite a bit in the episode, but, um, this Saturday, the, let's see, the 19th, the 19th, they're doing a webinar, uh, about the Pentagon. Um, he's calls it the 9-11 con, right? So it's kind of a play on words, the 9-11 con slash 9-11 conference. So, um, I think this one, he talks about it in the episode, but you guys really, I mean, it's a donation based webinar, uh, from, you know, from some of the leading experts, uh, I think there's going to be like opposing views. So you're going to get a whole splattering of, of information and it's just going to be a marathon event all day Saturday. So yeah, just go to, uh, just go to his website, richardgage911.org to learn more about that. And uh, I don't want to belabor this too much. I know you guys are excited to get to the interview, but just real quick, you guys, if you get any value out of this show um, and it, after you're done supporting Richard, uh, please, you know, go check out the website, rebunked.news. Rebunked.news is the website. You're going to see all the different video platforms that we are on, uh, all the podcast players. And then at the bottom of the page, there are options to support the show if you want to support the show. Um, there's like Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, all that good stuff. Um, but if you want some value out of it, you can join our Subscribestar page. So if you go to Subscribestar.com forward slash Rebunked, I'm dropping all kinds of premium episodes up in there. Um, just rambling, chit-chatting, checking in. Um, I'm going to do some exclusive offers on there for subscribe star only people. Um, I'm thinking about doing like what Ricky does over at the Ripple Effect podcast, doing like some, uh, you know, with fans, like getting listeners on and doing like a Zoom call, whatever you guys want. We'll, we'll figure it out. But anyway, great way to support me and help me, uh, you know, move towards doing this full-time eventually. You know what I mean? So go to subscribestar.com forward slash rebunked to help support the show. Another great way to support the show is to head over to truthtrs.com. So TRS is a heavy metal detox spray. It's just uh, five sprays in the mouth each day, and it goes in and absorbs all the heavy metals that have accumulated in your body, and it just flushes it out. 
totally safe. Uh, kids, pets. It's a fantastic product. I've been using it for a little over a year now, and it's just uh, amazing. I just can't say enough good things about it. Um, so there's an FAQ page on truthtrs.com where you can learn more. Um, they're also on Instagram at truthtrs. So head over there to uh, learn more about TRS and all the miracles that it does. They've got all kinds of testimonials on the Instagram page. So go check those out, man. Like it's just, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot, especially in these times. Get all this heavy metal crap that they're spraying on us out of your system. You know what I mean? Uh, and also just a great, great way to support the show. Um, if you guys want to stay up to date on the show, probably the best thing to do is to head over to Telegram. So t.me forward slash rebunked pod. Um, that's where I'll be, you know, that there's no algorithm. So basically you get direct downloads right from me um, in the in each post. You can uh, comment and uh, I'm usually in there chatting with the people. So uh, you guys head over to t.me forward slash rebunked pod. That's the best way to catch up with the show. Um, you'll see in the episode links, all the other various in, uh, social media that we're on um, Gab, Mastodon, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. But I feel like telegram is kind of where I spend my most time. So if you want to get plugged in with the other folks that are that are uh, listening to the show, just come in, jump in the mix on Telegram. T.me forward slash rebunked. Rebunked pod. That's what it is. Um, and, and you know, you guys, like, if you can't financially support the show, I would say the best thing to do is just tell people about the show. Just say, hey, there's this great new show on. Look at this episode with Richard Gage. They talk about, like, all the stuff that I, had, that I didn't even know. There's a few things that... Uh, I didn't even really know about until I was just doing a deep dive into his episodes recently that I kind of bring up in the episode. So, or stuff that I'd forgotten. Like, I feel like I knew maybe this stuff at one point, but I, I didn't, I didn't know like the seismic data, like that's such a smoking gun right there, man. Like there's so many smoking guns in the nine 11 story and we get into all of it. So yeah, you guys just share the show. Um, thank you to all the folks that have been given five star reviews. Um, I really appreciate it. Oh, and I, I gotta say, okay. Uh, thank you to, uh, the executive producer of this week, which is Andre, Andre over on Rockfin, dropped dropped in a fantastic donation, man. Like, thank you so much. That really, really means a lot. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, anybody, you know, if you, if you, if I'll, I'll shout you out on the show, you know, all that good stuff. But yeah, Andre, that really warmed my heart. That that really meaningful donation. So I really appreciate that. Executive producer of this show, of architects and engineers, formerly with architects and engineers for 9/11 Truth, the one and only Richard Gage. All right, enjoy the episode. All right, everybody. Well, joining me today is Richard Gage, AIA. Richard is a 30-year San Francisco Bay Area architect and member of the American Institute of Architects. He is the founder and former CEO of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, now flying solo, continuing to speak the truth about 9-11. Mr. Gage became interested in researching the destruction of the World Trade Center high-rises after hearing the startling conclusions of a reluctant 9-11 researcher, David Ray Griffin, on the radio in 2006, which launched his own unyielding quest for the truth about 9-11. Uh, the organization he founded, AE 9-11 Truth, now numbers more than 3,500 architects and engineers demanding a new investigation into the destruction of all three World Trade Center high-rise buildings on 9-11. And Richard, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. It's an honor to be here with you, for sure. Oh, it really is an honor to have you here as well. Um, yeah, dream come true, honestly. Like, I've been following your work for a very long time. I've been a, a supporter of a 9-11 Truth for a long time. Yay. And it's kind of funny that, like, well, not funny, but it wasn't until after our mutual friend, uh, Matthew Raymer over at Content Safe, shout out to him, put us in touch, um, that he alluded to the fact that you were no longer with architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. And I, that was news to me, which was shocking because I feel like I have my ear to the street pretty well and I'm pretty tuned into the truth community. So that was a big shock. Um, and so I feel like, therefore, 
maybe some of the listeners out there are not aware of this new development. And so maybe I was hoping we could start off, just kind of back up a little bit and tell us what happened with Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. Right. Well, this is an organization which I founded 15 years ago and uh, nurtured it, built it. Uh, we have now uh, 3,500 architects and engineers signed on to the petition demanding a new investigation into the destruction of all three World Trade Center skyscrapers on 9-11. Uh, so um, we had been, uh, well, I, I had been called uh, by Spike Lee to come and, and visit his Brooklyn studio. And there um, I gave him two hours uh, about a year ago of, of uh, exclusive presentation and material and th this was um, uh, something that moved him deeply, I mean, to tears. Uh, he was blown away. He was visibly shaken by the uh, end of our uh, two-hour interview. And he says, I'm going to get this out. This is really important. I go, go, go Spike, because uh, uh, I agree with you. And um, I told him he's going to get a lot of heat, and he did. Uh, as he prepared and put out the early version of this uh, half-hour segment on to be aired on HBO on September 11th, um, he got uh, all kinds of, uh, of heat and accusations, people accusing him of cavorting with conspiracy theorists. And he, uh, one of the things that happened was I had done an interview uh, at the Red Pill Expo in which somebody put a, uh, a microphone in my face and, uh, and asked me, well, what do you think about COVID? Well, I had just listened to like four or five incredible presentations on the subject uh, and uh, <laughs> the, the false solution to the false problem which is typical of the deep state mm -hmm. false flag operations. But uh, I, I, I said my piece, my mind about COVID and it wasn't in alignment with spikes. He had, uh, well, he, they put this in his face. Uh, uh, Slate magazine did. So he called us and said, you know, did you really say this? And kind of said, yeah, but I did. <laughs> and, uh, and so that, in addition to the uh, heat he was getting from God knows what media moguls uh, he has to deal with, um, uh, he, he, he told Slate Magazine, well, uh, the, the, well, actually the New York Times or the Washington Post or something, um, uh, that he's going to go back to the editing board. And indeed, he cut the 30-minute segment out. So we don't know whether it was my comments. Uh, or his, uh, uh, the, the heat he got, but he cut it. And so um, that was most unfortunate. And our PR consultant over at AE 911 Truth convinced the board um, uh, who unwittingly went along with him and uh, convinced them that, that, was a, that this was a PR crisis and you got to release the CEO. And so we had a vicious battle and it wasn't, uh, fun and uh, I lost narrowly and so I'm out uh, flying free flying solo now and uh, glad to have been ejected from the nest because as you can hear between the lines uh, I was wanting to expand my 
sharing of the truth to my supporters. Now, the 3,500 architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth didn't sign a petition calling for a new investigation of COVID. Uh, it was the World Trade Center. And I was bound to maintain uh, that narrow scope uh, in my public uh, utterings uh, uh, and, and speeches and so forth. So I, I didn't do that, and and so that was uh, that was a problem uh, for for the board, along with the PR crisis, mm. as we were they were told. And so um, now I have the opportunity to uh, invite guests that go well beyond the World Trade Center and even well beyond nine eleven, who experts who are bringing uh, to us uh, amazing um, information. I just interviewed Foster Gamble today of Thrive. Nice. Uh, and he just laid it out on the line. The Rothschilds banking dynasty as being among the root of the problems of the world control grid that gave us false flag events like 9-11 through uh, Zionist organizations like uh, the neocons in the Bush administration. And so there it is. We're, we're, we're putting out more and more and more truth. Uh, so I'm, I'm like a fish out of water. I'm still trying to find my comfort zone. It's, it's not easy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can actually relate to you. I, I just, uh, with Truthzilla, the show that I was formerly associated with, I built that up from the ground up and then all of a sudden oh. was no longer associated with it. And so I feel you, I feel you. Um, uh, and so that was, that was a, a few months, that was like 2021. So now today, how, like I've been listening, I've been binging your podcast, by the way, and I want to make sure oh. right out the gate here that folks as a call to action, you guys make sure you are following Richard on, uh, his new podcast, Richard Gage, nine 11 unleashed. Um, it's a great show. And then also just Richard Gage, 911.org, right? 911.org. Um, mm-hmm. But how are, how are you feeling on your new transition? Because I've listened to some of your early episodes and there was a lot of uncertainty and just like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. But where are you at today with your new journey? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been four months now that I've begun this podcast and <clears throat> we've got several dozen uh, incredible uh, speakers uh, on board, uh, in, including uh, people like Niels Harrod. Um, who's, who's brought us solid evidence, you know, uh, and, uh, Kevin Ryan and, and, uh, others like Dave Von Kleist, who really has a powerful freedom heart and puts it out there in song, but also film may, having made the film, uh, in plain sight and, uh, the, the Liberty, uh, the USS Liberty, uh, issue, a filmmaker, and uh, we, uh, as a result of of these cumulative uh, interviews in which I've uh, gotten more and more skilled, I guess, uh, more comfortable certainly uh, with the interview process, I'm feeling really, really good. But uh, the biggest challenge is this Saturday. Yep. <laughs> I am putting it out there. Uh, we started a 9-11 conference, a quarterly conference called 9-11 Con. And it is uh, the most exciting thing I've ever done, ever. Uh, and it's the biggest effort uh, that, that I've engaged in. And the first conference is indeed March 19th, Saturday, from 10 a.m. Pacific to 2 to 10 p.m. Pacific, 
12 hours of conference uh, on uh, uh, on the Pentagon. The first one's going to be on the Pentagon. So we've assembled the four major researchers in the 9-11 truth movement, beginning with uh, Barbara Honiger at, at 10.30 a.m. And then uh, Pacific. And then we have Thierry Maison coming from from France after what being missing for almost 20 years in the 9-11 truth movement. Uh, we get to hear from him. I mean, he really put it out there early on uh, with his Pentagate uh, book, which was translated into eight languages uh, showing that a missile hit the Pentagon. Uh, Barbara Honiger showing that, well, nothing really hit the Pentagon. There were explosions inside but there was also explosion outside with a large plane over the helipad, about 100 feet from the official location of the plane impact. And then we have Craig McKee and Adam Ruff, who will be presenting the, the CIT flyover scenario where no plane hit the Pentagon. And the witnesses, um, they're showing, they claim, uh, flew, saw the plane fly over the Pentagon. Hmm. So this is um, uh, a lot, but then there's more. Uh, of, in the last 10 years, there's a group, uh, Scientists for 9-11 Truth, uh, led by, uh, well, uh, joined by David Chandler, Wayne Costa, who will be presenting Theory D, that a plane did hit the Pentagon, large plane, 757. So uh, these, are, these theories have been competing in, uh, in the last 10 years, if you will, uh, with each other, especially in the, the mind of the 9-11 truth movement, which has been segregated around one of these theories uh, <clears throat> against the other. And so this has been quite a division for the 9-11 truth movement. So I'm trying to bring all of these together in a place where we can uh, listen to the evidence for an hour and a half with slide presentation from each of these four, and then they'll take questions from the other three uh, for the last half hour. So uh, this happens uh, for eight hours divided by four is two hours each altogether. So pretty, pretty uh, incredible opportunity, uh, unprecedented in the 9-11 truth movement. And I'm just uh, honored to have been unleashed uh, to where I could then present this offering because uh, it gives me um, enables me to provide more value to the 9-11 truth movement because there's few people that are willing to do something like this and that are trusted uh, by the four parties involved because I have become friends with uh, all of them. So I'm very fortunate uh, to, to, to be able to do this. And you people can just donate whatever they want. Uh, we suggest a minimum of $25, but uh, I encourage everybody to to check it out and and donate what you can, particularly donate the value of the the amount of value you expect back from the conference after looking at the website, which is 911con.org. So 911con for conference for con, 
or uh, <laughs> yeah, double meaning. Job. Very good, double entendre there. That's great. So, yeah, so this uh, is happening this Saturday, and I'm going to try and get this episode out tonight or tomorrow at the latest after I get it edited. And so, hey, it definitely, it should be out in time. So, anybody that's uh, listening this, listening to this, or watching this can can join it uh, virtually to watch it, and it's a uh, donation based. So, yes, you guys, yeah, it's a great opportunity. So, yeah, and and you know what I mean, and so. I, the bad guys, what you know, to me, of course, with my tinfoil hat on, like I'm thinking, uh, there must have been some hidden hand or some sort of malevolent force that was trying to orchestrate your removal from architects and engineers for 9 11 truth. I don't know whether that's the case or not. Well, I'm sure we all have our opinions about that, but at the same time, look what they did they just unleashed you, and now you, you uh-huh. <laughs> now you're forced to be reckoned with it. I, I think that this is ultimately going to be a great thing, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's the way I'm looking at yep. it. Um, I mean, these are people that work very hard for 9-11 Truth. Yeah. They they have no uh, ill motives. Uh, they are trying to do their best for the organization. I think that they were uh, just uh, unwittingly uh, following uh, this um, uh, PR consultant's advice and, and overreacting to a problem that would have gone away in a few weeks on yeah. its own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, good for you. I... I, I to me, it's like it's the same forces we're dealing with, whether we're talking about 9-11 or the COVID thing, like we're talking about the same forces. And I think as people are waking up to the COVID situation, having a foundational understanding of 9-11 is so important to understand and put it all into context. And so you're just doing amazing work, amazing work. Thank uh, you, Scott. Absolutely. So before we get into some of the nitty gritty parts, um, something that I wanted to talk with you about is... Um, so I remember in 2019, like I know, this seems like a whole another universe ago, 2019, there were so many things that were coming up that, uh, you know, there was people being held accountable. There was like riots, all like people pushing back in the streets, you know what I mean? Like in the Yellow Vest in Hong Kong and the Jeffrey Epstein situation, like people were just waking up in mass. And then, of course, we had the grand jury, like the, the, the word about the grand jury investigation happening in New York. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what the status of that is? Sure. Um, For what it's worth, um, I'll mention that I have been invited to become part of the board of the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. And this has been uh, another quite uh, auspicious opportunity uh, as a result of my being solo. Uh, I am teaming up now with uh, uh, LC 9-11 to create a new film for the 9-11 truth movement called 9-11 crime scene to courtroom where the litigation director of LC 9-11 Mick Harrison and I will be featured uh, in uh, a courtroom uh, filmed and bringing in experts and discussing not only the forensic evidence and eyewitness testimony in at a quality that hasn't been done yet But he'll be discussing the legal implications of this evidence, uh, and, and and suggesting folks who might be subpoenaed by the grand jurors, because we'll be looking right into the camera, right into their eyes, explaining th- this information to them, handing them basically on a silver platter all they need to uh, come up with indictments regarding uh, this. Uh, evidence if they follow where it leads. <clears throat> so uh, we'll be submitting the film series. It'll come out uh, over several months uh, in the form of a supplement 
to the original petition for a grand jury investigation. Now, that happened a couple of years ago, and that is uh, that's why we have sued uh, the U.S. attorney and uh, in a mandamus action to force them to tell the the uh, tell us what progress, if any, has been made in regards to a grand jury investigation. Uh, essentially, grand jury investigations are secret, but we we could they can let us know that it's happening. Uh, they can show proof that there's some. Uh, progress. And and so uh, Mick just made oral arguments in this case last month uh, to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in which he uh, argued that this is a First Amendment right for all U.S. citizens, the, the petition to petition our government uh, with, with a grand jury, evidence of massive corruption, treason, mass murder. Um, there's no statute of limitations here. So uh, th- this evidence uh, must be heard and seen by a grand jury. So if he's trying to block that, hopefully the Second Court Circuit Court of Appeals will uh, reverse that <clears throat> effort on the part of the state uh, to uh, hide uh, from their responsibility to investigate uh, this crime of the century. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... Um, uh, we, the, the next step, if, if that's lost is, is the, uh, well, there's a step af- before that, but the next step after that is the Supreme Court. So this is very, very fundamental, the, the right to petition. And they're saying, well, gosh, we can't give every citizen the right to, to have us pr- make us prove that a grand jury is under, uh, uh, undergoing. Well, we think we can. And that's what Mick argued. Yeah. And, and you know, it's almost like the longer that they push this out, the more evidence you're able to accumulate, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of <laughs> that's a, a good point. They're shooting themselves yeah. in the foot, you know, in the meantime, just w- again, within the most recent years, uh, you teamed up or e nine eleven truth, uh, teamed up with the uh, university of Alaska Fairbanks. Right. And we have some very incontrovertible, very rock solid evidence. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is a pretty awesome, um, uh, undertaking of uh, four years, $300,000, a finite element analysis performed by the University of Alaska's uh, Professor Leroy Halsey, who was the the head of the entire civil engineering department over there. He uh, did the study that NIST uh, was uh, tasked to do by Congress, but which failed miserably. And Professor Halsey, among others, have proven just that. That uh, that the building could not have come down by office fires at all. And this is uh, uh, this is Tower Seven specifically. The the solid. Yeah, we're talking building. about Building Seven, yep, yep. Uh, World Trade Center, uh, the third tower to collapse on nine eleven, mm-hmm. not hit by an airplane, one that uh, f- fell uh, at five twenty in the afternoon, after witnesses heard explosions, it drops straight down uniformly symmetrically into its own footprint in under seven seconds. That's as fast as a bowling ball falling out of the sky, which is free fall. So uh, it doesn't get any more clear than that. There can be no other alternative because that means that every other than all controlled demolition with explosives 
because there were witnesses that heard explosions. First of all, there's evidence of explosion, actually incendiaries Mm -hmm. in the case of building seven, uh, in, in the aftermath. Um, and there, oh, I forgot the other one I was, I was thinking of, uh, but the, the evidence is just so overwhelming and that isn't even what the university of Alaska was studying. They simply modeled the building and, 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 put in the parameters that NIST put in and came up with completely different results. The building wouldn't have collapsed at all. Uh, and if it did collapse, um, uh, it would have fallen over because they actually forced a collapse by removing the columns that NIST, say, NIST's, NIST says failed. So, and, and, and the building begins to fall over, as you'd expect in a non-symmetrical collapse with non-symmetrical damage from fires. Uh, in this case, uh, normal office fires, which couldn't even have started the, the, the set of damages that they claim caused the progressive collapse that dropped the building. So uh, we've, we've got them uh, really good. But, uh, you know, when, when the government and the media are determined to ignore you, they can do a pretty good job of that. And so that's why we have to just keep on putting the word out there, putting this uh, study out there. We've made a film about it now called Seven, S-E-V-E-N. And that's about the study and about Professor Leroy Halsey. And it's really, really well done. Made by Dylan Avery of Loose Change fame. Yeah, that's an absolutely fantastic movie. Definitely recommend everyone goes and checks that out. Absolutely. Um, So, uh maybe this will incorporate into this uh, into the topic of tower seven but i was curious so you i've heard you mention that you um if if like as part of the the activists activism that all of us can take part in um you're encouraging people to call their state representatives and try to get them on the line and try to book like a 10 minute session that you will join them on to try to explain things so to me right now as people are waking up to it's like okay so if you think if you're starting to question the three shots maybe you should start questioning the three towers right that sort of thing mm-hmm. and so we have family members that are like wow you know what is going on they're all disillusioned and so what does your 10 minute i don't know what you want to call it a uh, pitch what does that consist of maybe something that the listeners can take if they have a family member that they want to approach with this type of succinct information yeah well uh the smoking gun of 9-11 if there is one and there are dozens Mm -hmm. but if i had to choose i would say building seven Mm -hmm. because it wasn't hit by an airplane because nobody according to the official story anyway died in the building it doesn't have the emotional trauma that the twin towers do its collapse is identical to a classic controlled demolition like the old hotels in las vegas so all we have to do is show it. And I go to conferences all around the country showing at our evidence booth the building coming down. And I say to architects or engineers, uh, what, do you know what is going on here? You say, oh, yeah, that's a controlled demolition. You know, they, they don't. There's, there's an immediate recognition, an intuitive um, acknowledgement uh, of what's really going on. I say, well, did you know? That happened on 9-11. They go, what? That's not one of the Twin Towers. No, it's not. Uh, so we start a conversation. They're, they already agree that Building 7 is a controlled demolition. We haven't even showed them the scientific forensic evidence of extreme heat. 
and incendiary chemical reactions, uh, and, and, and specifically the analysis findings of thermite, an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. And we can go through that evidence if you want here today, but the, the, the main point is to show them Building 7, get a reaction, and now we've got their attention. Because a lot of people, if you just start, you don't just go up to someone and you say, did you know 9-11 was an inside job? Mm. Well, if they already did, fine, you can have a nice, make a nice new friend. But we're not here to make friends as much as we're here to wake up the world. We're trying to talk to people who haven't made up their mind yet or haven't even been exposed to the idea that a third tower fell on 9-11. So... Uh, once we do that, and we can begin to talk about the twin towers, and and the 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 clarity that people get in watching our fifty eight minute free YouTube documentary called nine eleven explosive evidence experts speak out is crystal clear. They they. They they get it. That's all they need. And, and you, they can watch that or my webinar on the subject called 9-11, An Architect's Guide, which is a three-part series. First one deals with Building 7. Second one deals with the explosiveness of the Twin Towers. Third part deals with the extreme heat associated with the Twin Towers specifically. So we I have a lot of fun uh, in that webinar bringing the solid evidence to people. So that's how I do it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and your three-part webinar, I have to concur, it's fantastic. I, uh, I've been, like I said, I've been binging on your show, and that's that was like very, very eye-opening. And just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about all this stuff. Well, Thank on the topic you, of um, incendiary and explosive devices, so can you maybe bring like explain the difference between the two, the incendiary versus explosive, and what evidence we have for either or both on the day of? Yeah. Well, um, beginning with Building Seven. Um, we do have witnesses that hear explosions. We show four of them in our webinar. And that's in contradiction to Sean Sanders suggesting that there were no witnesses of explosions, you know. But high-energy explosives make a very loud bang, a very bright flash. So those would be dead giveaways. And so they probably wouldn't want to use high-energy explosives if they didn't have to. And it appears that they didn't in Building 7 because we don't have those extremely loud bangs and the bright flashes, uh, audio and visual signatures that would have surely given away their work. So with the adoption of the technology of thermite, where in which sulfur can be added to become thermate, much more effective at cutting through steel and quieter also, we have a solution that seems to have been given to us and with it a set of uh, evidence that has been offered on a silver platter, uh, analyzed, for instance, by FEMA in their Appendix C, a metallurgical examination in the Building Performance Assessment Team report, which came out in 2002, in which they document hot temper, uh, excuse me, hot um temperature corrosion attack on the steel. This is 
documented in their own uh, metallurgy examination, liquid molten iron invading the steel. Uh, Well, wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) Time out. Where does liquid molten iron come from? The, the, The temperatures of normal office fires, which is said to be the cause of this building's destruction, only get to be about 500, maybe 1,000 degrees. Molten iron is over 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit. So we have a a huge discrepancy. We have four times the temperature minimum of, of the capability of an office fire, and that's temperature alone. But what is what is that hot? It's liquid molten iron. What is liquid molten iron? It's the byproduct of thermite. What is thermite? The incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. So we have the evidence provided to us, not by conspiracy theorists, but by FEMA in Appendix C of their own report, a report which NIST, when they took over the investigation in 2002, threw out with no reference to extreme temperatures, no reference to hot corrosion attack on the steel, no reference to liquid molten iron. Well, what other other evidence is there uh, to suggest that thermite was used? Well, the U.S. Geological Survey, again, not a conspiracy theory group, and R.J. Lee, an internationally famous uh, environmental consultant, independently document the dust, which is mostly powdered concrete, which is pulverized to a fine ash, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. But inside uh, that powdered concrete is found billions of what? Previously molten iron microspheres, the diameter of about a human hair, almost naked to the human to the human eye. So this is, there's so many of them, uh, they're so prevalent, up to 6% of the dust samples are previously molten. How'd they get molten? Iron, how do they get iron? Microspheres, how do they get spherical? Well, all of that can be answered by the use of Thermite incendiaries in high-pressure environments, which creates 4,000-degree temperatures, which creates molten iron, its byproduct, which creates, uh, uh, I forgot the the last one, uh, the extreme heat, 4,000 degrees. So, uh, and and with thermate, um, it's evidence of thermate because sulfur is found also. So with the sulfur finding, we know we have thermate. Sulfur is added to thermite to become much more effective at cutting through steel. So the evidence is there clearly for thermite. This is the ignited residue of thermite. But also in the dust, there is the unignited residue of thermite uh, in the form of small red-gray chips. They look like paint. Uh, specifically, they look like primer paint, but they are a, a fluid applied like paint, uh, but they are attracted by a magnet. So with 
the magnet attraction, we know there's high iron content. Well, this is analyzed by a team of physicists led by Niels Herrett in Copenhagen. What do they find? Uh, they, 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 they do X-ray energy dispersive spectroscopy and they find the ingredients of unignited thermite, iron oxide, which is essentially rust. They find aluminum uh, uh, particulates, the two main ingredients of thermite. They get real curious. They zoom in 50,000 times with a nuclear microscope. What do they find? Nano-sized particles of iron oxide and aluminum powders set in a bed of oxygen silica carbon. Very sophisticated material. Uh, these are a thousand times smaller than the diameter of a human hair, these particles. Uh, this is nanotechnology. It's not made in a cave in Afghanistan. So they ignite these nanoparticles. And what happens? They produce molten iron microspheres with the same chemical signature as the molten iron microspheres found by USGS and RJ Lee in all the World Trade Center dust. So we know exactly where those molten iron microspheres came from. They came from those red-gray chips, as if we didn't know because they're found attached to partially ignited red-gray chips um, uh, in different samples. So you see, this is a self-corroborating set of repeatable experimental data that could be used in a court of law, uh, like a special grand jury investigation, for instance, to bring the real perpetrators of 9-11 to justice. That's amazing. And uh, just to be clear, right, so jet fuel and office fires don't necessarily cause those conditions, right? No. (laughs) Jet fuel burns, according to its manufacturer, one of its prime manufacturers, ME petroleum, only 600 degrees in open air. 600 degrees Fahrenheit compared to 4,000 degree uh, temperatures that thermite creates compared to 2,800 degree temperatures that molten iron is by definition can't be any cooler than that. Um, And the the first responders find it. There's photos of dripping molten metal falling out of the buckets in the crab claw excavators. And we know by its color that it's iron or steel. It's not lead or aluminum uh, because those materials, when they are at molten stage, don't uh, glow bright yellow. Uh, they're silvery. That's awesome. Now, so one, so one of the pieces uh, of the whole puzzle that I'd forgotten about until just recently when I was listening to some of your episodes, and uh, we kind of you alluded to it um, with the the fact that the concrete kind of dustified. I'm curious if you could talk to a little bit about the the seismic data that was recorded and how that differs from what they reported. And and one of the, and one of the main reasons why I bring it up is because like what we've seen with the COVID situation is that like they literally will break their own instruments and they will break their own paradigms in order to justify a piece of information. You know what I mean? Like they will censor themselves. They will like they like they take the dislike button off YouTube. They will deliberately discredit their own. Uh, instruments in order to make the narrative fit. And uh, can you talk a little bit about how that's applied to the seismic data that we saw? Yeah, because um, there was seismic events occurring at the time or near the time that Building 7 went down. 
And so the official story claims that that was due to the inside of Building 7 going down. Well, the inside of Building 7 didn't go down, but a half a second prior to the whole of Building 7 going down. Um, uh, and that's proven by the videos, which shows the penthouse, uh, the main penthouse and West penthouse and the screen wall dropping just half a second prior to the overall building. Well, it sits over the core. So that means the whole core dropped just half a second prior to the over to the exterior. Uh, well, that, that can only be done with explosives, first of all, and it completely betrays the NIST theory that says this instability starting at the east end of the building and working its way across this building in 10 seconds. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. It's false. So this seismic event occurring 10 seconds prior to the overall collapse of the building has to have, had to have been something else. Well, what do the witnesses tell us? They tell us, like, explosion, like you wanted to grab onto something. Uh, I knew that was an explosion. And then the building coming down. They, they say things like that. Flashes of light in the case of one of the witnesses that we highlight in our webinar, 9-11 Explosive, excuse me, 9-11 and Architect's Guide, the three-part series. So with respect to Building 7, yes, they're lying. With respect to the Twin Towers, they're also lying. How do we know that? Because there was an event. There were four events altogether, seismic events. Two of them occur before the planes hit the, each building, respectively. Well, wait a minute. NIST says, uh, no, that must have been due to the plane hitting the building. Well, uh, that's been proven to be wrong by uh, geophysics experts, and mechanical waves and geology, uh, 50 peer-reviewed papers uh, by this, the French seismologist or He's not a seismologist, but he knows more than what seismologists know about seismology <laughs> due to his specialty. So he says, no, you wouldn't even have had a, a seismic indicator traveling 20 miles north due to a plane hitting the building. It's basically a flagpole. It's absorbing uh, most all of that energy. Uh, and the signal occurred again 6 to 14 seconds before the plane hit the building. So what does NIST do with that discrepancy? They go back to LDEO and get them to move their seismic data back three seconds. Uh, back engineering, well, that's what they do in the end. But to, to get even closer, uh, what they did was to say, oh, no, uh, we don't believe the NTSB radar uh, we think that it was wrong. Now, it's accurate to within a second. National Transportation and Safety Board radar is accurate to within a second. But here they say, oh, no, we look, examine the videos, and we believe that the, 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 the plane actually hit the tower, you know, whatever it was, nine seconds or so uh, different. So uh, they lie. Uh, it, it's incredible how this organization, NIST, is committed fraud against the American people, the families of the victims of 9-11 in particular, because it make this, these, these set of lies compound and make it almost impossible to get real justice for the lives lost. And that's why the families are still crying out for justice. 
But then there's two more sets of seismic data associated near the time of the collapse. Well, they say it's due to the collapse. Well, how can it be due to the collapse when it's uh, 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 five to 10 seconds before the collapse? Once again, this says, oh, no, uh, we don't we don't see it that way. Um, so they, they actually uh, moved the the goalpost again, getting Columbia University to move their data back. You know, in 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 Columbia University is a private university. You can't just get a FOIA request from them, and uh, you, they they don't respond to that. It's not a government agency, so that's probably why. Well, it, it's why we have trouble. But that that it is certainly why that report is remains private. We don't get to see what they're thinking, the reasoning, the rationale was for uh, moving that data back to suit NIST's need to back re back engineer the uh, the seismic event so that it appears as if it was coinciding with the building collapses. What could have caused those seismic events about six and ten seconds prior? Well, some detailed analysis was done by Professor Graham McQueen in Toronto. He found that there were cameras on tripods focusing on the south and the north tower after the planes hit the towers, but before the towers came down. Guess what? They shake mm. in concert with explosions, which are also experienced by 156 first responders as explosions. These are expert witnesses before the building came down. And I'm talking 156 first responders talking about explosions and 36 reporters of the 40 on duty that day talking about this event being an explosive event on TV live the first day. Something else happened to those reports and those reporters and that uh, uh, after the first day when the national media came in and took over the story and the national narrative. So we've got a, two buildings that shake ten, six and 10 seconds prior to the building, prior to the uh, building collapsing, and, and, and the cameras are picking it up. They're shaking. They're corroborating the, the testimony of the first responders. So explosions are what are the obvious and irrefutable source of those seismic data. And that's what seismic data is designed to pick up, is explosions, not building collapses, especially over 15 seconds, these buildings are collapsing. Uh, and, and especially since uh, the, the steel is laterally ejected 80 miles an hour over 600 feet in every direction, peppering the ground with small, relatively small four and eight ton structural steel sections, which don't generate seismic uh, signals. And the concrete, which is pulverized to a fine powder and spread over three square miles, no stack of concrete floors at the bottom of either tower, visible. Uh, and, and they're an acre in size. They're pulverized to a fine powder. 
So no seismic component from the powdered concrete either. That's two-thirds the weight of the building, by the way. Tell me how, what's crushing the building. If two-thirds of the weight of the building, the steel and the concrete combined, are not anywhere near the base of the building. There's only a two-story pile of core columns and so forth. So you tell me how, how, how that makes any sense um, uh, in terms of something to collapse the building. So the whole thing is a stinking pile of lies provided by NIST. Uh, the American public has been defrauded by this so-called scientific organization. And that's why we have 3,500 architects and engineers demanding a new investigation. You can see those names over at AE 911 Truth, uh, my former organization. That's amazing, Richard. Thank you so much. So I know we're kind of winding down here. Um, I have two more hopefully quick questions for you, and then oh. I definitely want to leave enough time. Hopefully, to, quick answers. Uh, right on. Hopefully, hopefully, and then and then of course leave enough time for to send the listeners anywhere you want to send them. So the first one is is uh, in our circles we hear some things about a Tower Six. Tower Six. Now, is there anything suspicious about Tower Six? Sure. Uh, that's where molten metal was seen dripping down the walls by, uh, well, reported uh, by, uh, gosh, was it was it Giuliani? Uh, uh, but, but others, um, probably others uh, specifically. There's also a huge hole in the middle of the building, obviously uh, taken out. Uh, in an effort uh, to demolish the building. Uh, I mean, this is like a a five or six story building, so it, it it's it's an incredible hole, and it um, so that was the Treasury Department, and uh, we understand there were massive financial crimes associated with nine eleven in and and specifically in the Treasury Department, um, and I haven't analyzed though I, I am no expert on that I encourage people to for a quick look uh, well it's not that quick but James Corbett's done an excellent uh, analysis uh, 9-11 trillions mm -hmm. follow the no 9-11 follow the trillions yeah that's a fantastic fantastic documentary for sure so yeah thank you for that um, so the last thing I was hoping to uh, ask you is that so right now I think the world is primed and ready for some government accountability right? People are just like clamoring for something, right? They like, they can't just get away with all this. And so I feel like the, like the world is ready for the nine 11 truth movement to finally have its day. And then it's just so encouraging that you've, you've put all this time and effort. And now I feel like we're at this pinnacle of, of truth, just on all fronts. Right. And yeah. so my hope for you, and I, I'm very hopeful for this and I, and I hope that you are too. And we just need to all keep, we just, and then just keep pushing. Right. But I was hoping maybe you could speak to the fact that now we have all these other organizations that are kind of forming um, to hold the government accountable, particularly around the COVID situation. And you've been going toe to toe with the government, uh, the deep state, um, trying to get accountability. Is there any advice that you would impart to these new coalitions of people that are coming together to uh, uptake the battle that you've been fighting for the last 15 years? Yeah. The, even though we don't see the metrics of success by our own personal, uh, expectation of them, uh, that doesn't mean that we're not making progress. Uh, we've been at it 20 years in the 9-11 truth movement. So it takes persistence, 
lots and lots of persistence. It takes dedication, it takes passion to keep a positive mental attitude. Um, but we are pushing a very big rock up a very big hill. and We don't know where the crest is because the rock is in the way. That's God's work, not ours. What we need to do is ask for guidance and, and, and keep pushing. Um, and, and we do that daily here at Richard Gage 9-11 with my wife, Gail, and, and myself. We are constantly uh, asking for guidance. What do we do next? Uh, how hard do we push? Uh, how, not how long do we have to push. Uh, we're in service to something much greater than ourselves, something which alone has the capability of turning around um, the equation with the deep state uh, and, and the world control grid uh, that they uh, put in place. Uh, and, and I think we are making progress. You've cited some yourself. Um, I, I can't tell you when this is going to fall, but I still believe after pushing that rock 15 years that it is definitely going to collapse fall. Uh, the rock will go over the, the edge and roll down and take the deep state with it. But it's, of course, it's not just 9-11. It's all the truth movements combined that are battling uh, the, the lies and manipulation of the, the American people and the people of the world. Yeah. And, and your work has been so crucial in that. So Richard, I just absolutely want to thank you on behalf of myself and I'm sure everybody listening for just your tireless dedication and, uh, you know, take, assuming this new role and running with it. And I can't emphasize enough. Like I have friends, they do this show called the false reality check podcast, husband and wife team. And that's really one of the charms of their shows. Cause they're so perfect together. But I have to say you and Gail are so great on the show. It's just fantastic. Oh. Like that's just like a whole nother, uh, element of, uh, makes the show really, really valuable and really, um, you know, really great. So uh, with the last few minutes here, Richard, just please tell everybody where they can go support you and uh, get, get everything that you're working on these days. Yeah, you bet. Um, you can get to our website most easily at Richard Gage, <laughs> 911.org. Richard Gage, 911.org. On that website is the Pentagon conference. I encourage everybody to sign up. It's in two days. It's Saturday, March 19th, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. It has its own uh, URL, which is 911con.org. Perfect. That's it. All right, cool. Yeah, and so everybody go subscribe to the podcast, and then and, and you have like a sub stack, and you have a few other means that people can actually financially support you as well, right? Yep, yep. and you'll see that opportunity on the website. At least sign up for free at a minimum yeah. so you can stay in touch with us. We're putting out a lot of great information, all the podcast notices. So uh, yeah, richardgage911.org. Yeah, and if you guys catch one of the live streams, so when, when do you do the, do you have set times that you do your live stream? Because people can actually go and watch and, and participate yeah. and ask questions as well, right? Yeah, they're generally live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific. Okay, perfect. You guys, so get in there and uh, let's just, just keep pushing. So Richard, thank you so much, man. What an honor and a pleasure and uh, just keep, keep up the good fight. And if there's anything you ever need uh, in terms of like a platform for anything, just let me know. All right, you got it. Well, let's get out the word about the uh, the uh, 911con.org. Uh, that's going to be real important for people to come see in the 911 truth movement. Perfect. You got it. All right, Richard. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Scott. All right. You bye. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.